Before we go to the overcoming spirit message on the live feed, I'm talking about Vision Builders 2023 and I'm talking about a persevering spirit. Every year we jointly commit to the task of resourcing the vision that God has given us. God has an exciting purpose, plan and, and purpose for every one of his children. The power of vision helps you discover and fulfill your God-ordained destiny. So we're talking about personal and corporate vision. Remember, your vision determines your destiny. When you can see what is possible and believe that it can come to pass, it makes you capable of doing the impossible. The source of the vision, you may ask, God is the author of our vision. Vision is foresight with insight based on hindsight. Imagine that Psalm 33 verse 11 says, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. This is about generational legacy and blessing. Isaiah 14, 24, the Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will happen. You need to be joined with his purposes. When we work together in unity, you can see we build, can build something that enables God to facilitate his kingdom come, reaching and reconciling a lost world. It's tremendous. Some of us are new to the journey and we will try and stir your heart to our C3 Church vision. There is no greater cause than the cause of Christ and building his church. The great joy of vision builders is that every one of us can be involved and give with a generous spirit. What a man does in life becomes history, but what he puts into motion becomes his legacy. What we can build is limited or unlimited based on our ability to form and work together. Vision Builders is not about equal giving, but equal sacrifice. Amen. It's a call to make room, in fact, in your hearts for others. And it's a call to give with faith, sacrifice and commitment as a community, as a church, to see the church expand. And this is the heart of Vision Builders. The things we learn about the principles and the power of vision over the years have the, been these points. Vision is the source and hope of life. Sight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart. Stay connected to the source of vision is a huge point. Be patient in the fulfillment of vision. And yes, use persistence in achieving the vision. Of course, that's our story. Vision and provision go together. Whatever God purposes, he provides for. Know that to be true. Your provision is usually hidden until you act on your vision. Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Meaning, God has already blessed us with everything we need in the heavenly realms for our earthly assignments. As they say, where there's vision, there is provision. And it's true. God wants us to look to him for the provision for the vision. This year for Vision Builders 2023, I want to talk about the overcoming spirit, the persevering spirit. 
Vision Builders 2023 is indeed here. May your eyes be opened indeed. The power of prophetic declaration is what we speak. Prayer is what we need. And faith is our C3T story and testimony. Let me say this. Seeds faithfully sown in these past seasons are going to bud and bear fruit. There is such a call right now to trust God. It's like this line in the sand we've got to determine, meaning to believe the church and its position of purpose and authority and destiny in the land. We've been assailed, guys, but I know this. I know it to be true. God is releasing fresh faith for a future and a hope in and through his church. And our main theme in scripture is Jeremiah. 32, buy a field, it says. God says to him, even though the circumstances were to the contrary, buy a field. No matter, even if you've been taken over by the world, invest into the future is what C3 Tugra Church have indeed done. And you can join us. We need to receive the Spirit's anointing to walk by faith, not by natural sight, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Let's pray this. May your spiritual vision be enhanced so that you can see further and clearer than ever before. May you perceive with the eyes of faith the impossible becoming possible. Strongholds coming down, the kingdom of God being released and the doors of favor opening before you. And this is for somebody listening right now. With God, a delay is not permanent. It is a step along the way to the fulfillment of his prophetic promise for you. Don't give up. Your father is still at work. You just need a persevering spirit. We're living in a different day, guys, and time, in fact. And yes, we are living in uncharted territory. A new season has begun for the church, the body of Christ on the earth. In this new season, we will need a new strategy to accomplish the plans and purposes of God on the earth. I believe we need an overcoming spirit to live in this new season and a life founded upon the fear of the Lord, abiding in an intimate place of knowing God and walking from a victorious perspective through storms, trials and tribulations of life. Our C3 church story and our testimony as vision builders is Learning the Word of God, to believe and speak the Word of God by faith, using the authority of Jesus, because He said, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. It's called the go of the gospel and the keys of the kingdom to bind in the loose have been given to you and I, His church. And then to speak prophetic scriptural declarations that the Spirit of the Lord gives you over your life and into your life and into the church. And so we need to learn how to pray powerful, fervent and effective prayers and how to stand and persevere with an enduring faith and learn to walk in faith. Amen. Now, before I go on. It's very important to know that you are indeed in a new season. Isaiah the prophet declares, Isaiah 43 verse 18, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Verse 19, Behold, I will do a new thing, a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. 
Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. We should remember that the original hearers of this scripture were the Jewish people of the kingdom of Judah in Israel during the 6th century BC in the years leading up to their captivity in Babylon. Later, they would reflect upon these prophetic words as a message of hope after they had been through a time of the severe judgment of the Lord upon the nation as a whole and suffered the destruction of their holy temple and the city of Jerusalem at the hands of the Babylonians. The Lord gave them this prophetic promise of a new thing through the prophet Isaiah to encourage them during their time of oppression, confusion and separation from everything they knew as their normal cultural lifestyle. Sound familiar, guys? When the Lord stated, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old, he was encouraging them to forget the past, meaning the bad and the good, not to even focus or fixate even on the great things he had done in the past. Yes, I said even the good things of the past and look forward towards the promise of the Lord's redemptive purpose at work for them in a new season that was coming. I believe the Lord would say, I was right there with you throughout the pain. Maybe the last three years in COVID, the Lord will go into people's past and redeem the time that they spent in oppression confusion and fear in that last season. It's important you don't feel it was wasted time. Joel 2.25 says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. We must never forget God is an eternal God. He lives in eternity outside of our time, not constrained by a linear timeline. God who was and who, who is and who is to come. Revelations 1.8 declares that the same yesterday, today and forever. Hebrews 1.8. We can enter our timeline. He can enter our timeline when he wants. Our God is a redeemer. Can I hear you say amen? Even in the days when the nation of Israel was returning to their land and beginning the rebuilding process of the temple, we find in Ezra 3.12, but many of the priests and Levites and heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first temple, the glorious days, wept with a loud voice when the foundations of the temple was laid before the eyes. Yet there was another breed saying, many shouted aloud, to the joy of the Lord. The past is not the standard by which God desires us to measure the future. Remember that. He wants us to get fresh vision for the future, not encumbered by even the good things, the very good things of the past even, because even these good things can distort the vision the Lord has for us, vision builders. He desires us to see of the future. This was what he was also telling the nation of Israel. It is important that we recognize that we are in a new season, in fact. Otherwise, we will continue to wait for something that is already here. There is a move of God, guys. It is the new season of the Lord. It's upon us. It's begun. We are God's people. Must recognize it and focus our eyes on moving forward into the newness of this season that we're in, this new season, and everything that God has for us. Hence, 
our main scripture in Jeremiah 32, verse 18 and 19, when Jerusalem was besieged by the Babylonians and Jeremiah was imprisoned by his own king Zedekiah for telling Israel to surrender, telling the truth, in fact. But then during his confinement, the Lord instructed Jeremiah to buy a field in his hometown village, already controlled by the Babylonian forces. It seemed foolish to him to buy land that was already in the enemy's hand. By purchasing the land, Jeremiah demonstrated faith in God's promises that a remnant would return to the land. Our generations are going to return to this vision builders, uh, you know, victory that we've uh, won and they will need those houses. They'll need that land. It was a prophetic sign of hope. And despite Judah's present desperate situation in a similar manner, our situation at many times seems hopeless and desperate. Yet if we belong to God, we have the promise and hope of a better future. You know the scripture, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Of course, you know that scripture. Still, Jeremiah was puzzled by God's instruction to him to buy land. Just when Jerusalem was about to fall, thus he prayed, verse 16, to God for the understanding he needed to be a vision builder while maintaining faith in his word. And Jeremiah 32, verse 16 says, I prayed to the Lord for understanding. And then verse 19, great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to the ways of all mankind. You reward each person according to their conduct and as their deeds deserve. And 37, I love this. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? With the Babylonians at the city walls, the future looked bleak, rather bleak. Yet God assured Jeremiah that through his power, the people would be restored to the land. God's word promises a blessed future for all believers in Christ. We can depend on his word, even though we may not know it or even understand it, but and even understand how he's going to pull it off, but he will accomplish it. We've got to fight for the promises of God. We need to be relentless in our faith. Now, Abraham was given a marvelous promise about his seed, about his land, and about his seed. When God made his promises to Abraham, he backed it to the hill, putting his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. And when people make promises, they guarantee them by an appeal to some authority above them so that if there is any question that they'll make good on their promise, the authority will back them up. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word a rock solid guarantee. God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. We who have run for our very lives into the arms of Jesus, we are grabbing hold of the promises, the hope that we have by both hands in him. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right into the very appearance of God where Jesus running ahead of us has taken up his permanent post as high priest for us in the order of Melchizedek, the Bible says. 
It says Abraham stuck it out, got everything that had been promised to him. That's the key to life. Stick it out and the promises of God will come. Find out what the word of God says. Stand on it, believe in it, and it will come. He promised Abraham seed, land, and blessings. That's the C3 story right there. God's blessings are inextricably combined through his people, their seed, their land, and their blessing. But we need a persevering spirit. Use persistence in in achieving the vision. Every true vision will be tested for authenticity. God says that even though there will be times of stress, disappointment, and pressure, the vision will come to pass. God's nature is faithfulness and steadfastness. Now, the Bible says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, the divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. The Bible also says, for by this kind of faith, the men of old gain divine approval. That's what we want, divine approval upon our vision builders. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Praise God. Love these scriptures. Let it just, let it take a hold of your spirit. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God." That's our Jesus, folks. He is wonderful. He did it all for us. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? The apostle says, run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we for an imperishable crown, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but as I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. And Apostle Paul says this in his word, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, vision builder. Let's keep the faith, even though we live in perilous times, but also times of tremendous opportunity. We can be strong and courageous overcomers, even in the face of overwhelming troubles, because we serve the God of hope. When the Lord speaks, everything obeys and everything changes. And I sense a great move from the Holy Spirit that tells me the Lord is speaking blessing and provision over you. If you're, if you're supporting the church and the gospel, 
bless you. The Holy Spirit has a purpose and a plan. As he said it, then we know he will do it. He is from everlasting to everlasting, faithful to his word. He will perform mighty works in your life. He said he would in the pages of your Bible. I believe with all my heart, God sent this word to sustain you. Right now, as you sustain his work, the preaching of the gospel and being a vision builder of his church and kingdom, you shall prosper, vision builder. And I bless you. I bless you in Jesus' name. I want to talk about the overcoming spirit. And I think definitely in these days, we need to be overcomers. Amen. Um, and you can call it to also persevering spirit, but an overcoming spirit. So every year we jointly commit to the task of uh, resourcing the vision that God has given us. God, not just a good idea, but the Lord. So, and, and, but then it, then it means your, your personal life, it, it, you know, it's just not about a building and, 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 and the church, but it is about your personal life, your purpose, God's plans for you. Uh, and we talk about the power of vision and just quickly to say that when you discover your vision for your life and what he's ordained you to do, it, it's, a, it's a great day when you understand the destiny that he has for you because there's a statement that says your vision determines your destiny. Uh, when you can see what is capable and believe that it can come to pass, it makes you capable of doing the impossible. This is why Jesus said in the Luke, when he stepped into the, into the temple and he announced this scripture, 700 years uh, previous, this was written, Isaiah, Luke uh, chapter 4 verse 18 says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to, pro uh, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. Now, there was an uh, epidemic of, of, of blindness in those days, but I believe it's spiritual blindness too. And I believe it's something that we're still suffering from now, spiritual blindness. People just can't see God. They just can't see the worth of God. And so, you know, the people are blinded, the veil over their mind, over their eyes. And uh, that's what we need to pray into. So the source of the vision, God is the author of the vision, and, um, and we would say this, vision is foresight with insight based on hindsight. Who would love that? Who would love, who would love some foresight uh, with insight based on hindsight? So Psalm 33 verse 11 says, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Amen. So this is this build the church thing, bring the kingdom to pass. It's going to be with our children. So as they see us do it, it's going to be passed down to our children. Isaiah 14, 24 says, the Lord Almighty sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, say, say purposed. So it will happen, and we can do this together. And when we work together to build something, God enables us through our sacrifice, and the kingdom comes, people are reached, and we begin to reconcile the world. It's amazing because we are this year talking about joining with Garth and Jamie, who we uh, launched out some eight years ago to start, uh, and that's, our, that's my son-in-law and daughter, Jamie Lee, and Garth Ball. They were went from this house um, eight years ago and started C3 Nairobi. 
and, uh, and it's going great. They've just had their... their so Garth and Jamie are actually were in uh, Nairobi and they were in the C3 East, East Africa uh, conference, which they were a part of. Uh, so C3 is healthy, re- healthily represented on the East Coast of Africa and uh, great things happening there. They went to that conference. Phil Pringle was there. And then they came back to Nairobi and they really felt that they needed to give the team there in C3 Nairobi uh, give the teams who had never been out of the country, a lot of them, needed to bless them. So we've paid, they've paid for them to go to Dubai and have two days intensive training in Dubai. And Dubai is quite a wondrous place in some sense. Um, and so they did, and they were so delighted, those Nairobian leaders. Um, and uh, so they've just come out of that. And Garth and Jamie are going to do another uh, 10 days of spying out the land and connecting with people. And they're meeting quite a significant spiritual leader over there who is in charge of an of a Australian guy who is uh, in charge of a, 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 a denominational church in Dubai. And uh, so pray into that because guess what? We want to be a part of it through Vision Builders. Through your commitment, we're going to be part. We want to really get bang for buck for our investment in the kingdom. Who wants to do that? The Bible in the New Testament doesn't talk about success as such. It does in the Old Testament, but it talks about fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. So the key thing that we want to have in life is fruitfulness. And of course, we want to have success. So... um, some of us are new to the journey and we'll, and we'll try and stir you uh, to the heart of what Vision Builders is about. But I can tell you this, there's no greater cause, there's no, no noble cause, there's no thing more noble than being connected to building God's church and, and advancing His church. Can I hear an Amen. That means building the church, creating a, a place, a space, uh, just seeing these people get married and come to the altar yesterday. That's because of this altar. That's because of this house. Not a school hall, but they're actually able to come to the church. And then people, after we went through that glorious time yesterday in the, uh, in the wedding, people came up to us and said, oh, that was so special. What was it? Well, you know, I'd like to tell I tell a few of them but I'd like to say to them well that is the presence of God because you know unsafe people never been in a church going wow oh this is special and it's so relatable and it was so enjoy it was enjoying it wasn't a religious service we really made it practical and and fun and and the but they all say you know like grown-up men and they come up to me thank you so much that was so good what you did in, in that ceremony Meaning that it was relevant, it was practical, it was joyous, it didn't feel like root canal therapy. It, it you know, I, I, I'm not sure what's happening with some people, um, but the weddings, and, and I, look, I put my shoes on to garage to come to the, you know, I'm dressed all up, and I'm going, why are these shoes so worn out? My good shoes are so worn out. I said, well, what's this? Oh, that's right. Every wedding I go to, I dance the night away. And uh, my, dance, my shoes are just totally danced out, man. And, and, and people used to go, isn't that the pastor? Isn't that the guy that married him? He's up there dancing. Because we love, we're a bit Jewish maybe. We just love the dance, amen. So the great joy of vision builders is that every one of us can be involved and give with a generous spirit. And I'm saying this because we're videoed and I want people who are not here. It's a long weekend. 
that are not here be able to see this back. The great joy of vision builders is that every one of us can be involved and give with a generous spirit. Can I hear an amen? And I love this statement. What a man does in his life becomes history, but what he puts into motion becomes his legacy. Becomes his legacy. Uh, What we can build is limited or unlimited based on our ability to form and work together. One of the great legacies we have is that we've always had a nucleus, a faithful remnant of people who have heard the... um, heard that the vision is of God, as I said in Psalm 33 verse 11 and Isaiah 14 24, that where's this vision from? It's from God and his purpose will remain and he will fulfill it. When you know it's God, you will give to it and people lock and load, people combine their efforts and we do a great work. That's why it's so important to have spiritual eyes open to see what God is actually doing in your church. Vision Builders is not about equal giving, but about equal sacrifice. You've heard this, but I need to reiterate it. It also, it's a call to make room in your hearts for others, and it's a call to give with faith, sacrifice, and commitment as a community to see his church expand. This is the heart of Vision Builders. Now, some of the things, this is applicable to you. I'm speaking corporately as a church, but these principles uh, are, are yours too on a personal level. So the things that we've, we've learned from the power of vision, the power of vision, um, there's a short story. Um, Walt Disney, he died halfway through this vision he had for, help me, Space Mountain. Uh, and, and, and of course, when they were opening Space Mountain after he died, and, and the young man got up and said, it's so unfortunate Mr. Disney wasn't here to see Space Mountain uh, finished. And his wife got up and she said, sorry, young man, but Mr. Disney did see Space Mountain and uh, you don't have to be sorry at all. He saw it and that's why it's there, amen? Amen, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's a bit like that with vision. The things we learned about the principles and the power of vision, just quickly... Uh, vision is the source and hope of life. And this is, this is our conundrum right now with COVID. We've gone through it. Psychologists are telling me there's a, there's a, new, um, there's a new phrase, there's a new description of a, of, a, of a mental disposition people are suffering from, and it is called this, languishing. It's a bit like uh, depression, but it's called languishing through COVID because we've been locked down and isolated and separated from all our cultural activities. A bit like Jeremiah, when I get there, Jeremiah was separated from his Jewish ways. The Babylonians took him away and, uh, and you know, and he's, and he's subservient to all this weird, uh, other weird adverse culture around him. But, but this is the deal. A lot of people who went through COVID uh, and I believe were traumatized through it, in one way or another, we all were. Um, and of course, the, the psychologists are saying that people are suffering from languishing. Languishing is um, uh, 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 sort of being, I, I guess, knocked, knocked out of the game a little bit where you, don't, you can't see the future. You're you're not, you're not seeing the future and the worth of engaging even your good work, uh, even your church. A lot of church membership fell away. People wanting to, needing to serve church uh, and were serving church, I should say, they fell back. 
um, and even family, even family, some, some of the great dads and mums, even they pull back and go, what's it, you know, why even bother, you know? And so that's called languishing, when you're not seeing the light of the day for the future, for your family and, you know, your world. Did that make sense? Did that make sense? You, and, and you just got no spark, you're not getting up every day. It, it's amazing, but when you've got a stack of money, say, I oh, know this is, because we're, we're always... Um, prone to human nature, so I can speak like this. If I was to drop a million dollars into your account, I wonder what time you would get up tomorrow morning and how brisk you would... You, oh, that's right, I've got a million dollars, man. <laughs> and, you know, I've got to do something with life. I've got to go somewhere. I've got to give something. I've got to, you know... But when you're under the pump doing the bump and grind of life with maybe no vision, no healthy vision... Some people are just stuck in bed and stuck in the doldrums. Did that make sense? Um, did I go through all those? Uh, where did I get to? Be patient in the fulfillment of vision. Use persistence, which is what I want to talk about in achieving the vision. Vision and provision go together. Whatever God purposes, He provides for. That's a key statement. People say, I've got vision to get my teeth done, but I've got no money. Yeah, but if you really wanted to get your teeth done, and like the Elijah, find all the pots you can, put that pot out there and wait for the oil to fill that, that, that need you have, that purpose you have, that vision you have. But if you just say, I haven't got it, man. Trust me, I haven't got it. Yeah, well, there's not a lot of faith in saying that. You want to, you'd like to, let's, let's get there at least. I desire to. Let's get there at least. Let's make a choice. Let's say, I would like to, I want to be a vision builders. I'd like to give unto the Lord. Well, put the pot out, put the thing out. Lord, did you hear that? I'd like to give. And seemingly what I've seen through so many testimonies, through so many people, that those people with an entrepreneurial spirit like, th those people seemingly have their needs met. But when you say, I just can't, and you fold your hands, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a restriction. So it's, it's just one of these things. It's, it's, the, it's the fact of life that the Lord won't bypass your lack of faith. Whatever God purposes He provides for, your provision is usually hidden until you act on your vision. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with every spiritual blessing, you can take that to the bank. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ have been given to you. Seemingly, Christ has blessed us with all that we need to fulfill our assignment and our commitment to God and to the church. As they say, where there's vision, there is provision. God wants us to look to Him. Of course He does for the provision, for the vision. So this year, vision builders, I want to talk about the overcoming spirit. And vision builders this year had um, a wonderful scripture that I will mention very um, in, in a short moment. Let me just say this. What, some of the keys for this church have been the power of prayer and the power of prophetic declaration into what we saw could be. And we prayed that on high ground. We prayed that in little halls. We prayed that 
out and about in homes. We prayed a declaration of prayer by faith and truly that is our C3 story right there. And so this is what I want to say to you for the people who have sown previously and um, my Lord, look at this. Someone, someone gave us their first fruits this morning. Uh, I think it's okay to say and Fleur is an avid gardener. And she has this principle of first fruits. And of course, she must be because she brings the first fruits. And I come to church sometimes and I find this bag under my seat or on the seat. And it's usually got things like, you know, look at these. Bananas actually grow on the central coast? My God. Well, these are the first fruits. This orange, apparently, it comes now from a fully grown orange tree that Julie gave to Fleur when it was just in a pot. Is that right? That, that was given to Julie. Um, and this, a mandarin, what's the story of that? You just... First fruits. Yeah, yeah. And, and the bay leaves, first fruits. And it's a principle. It's a Bible principle. And look at this, my God. You know, and I love this. It, it's, a, it's a prophetic act, but it's an act to suggest, Lord, I'm chuffed, and I bring it to the house of God. I bring it to the priest. And that's a whole... That, that, that's, that's actually Bible um, reality right there. Or... I love this story. There's two men in this church, visitors, and they said, um, Rick and Luke, and, and they said, and I went up and met them. They got here very early. Well done, guys. I wish I could get our own people here that early. And um, I said, guys, How'd you get here? And you know Pastor Julie, what's the story? He said, yeah, we know Mal Thompson. Mal Thompson, I haven't heard of that name since the 80s when I worked in the juvenile justice system um, uh, in the early 90s. Uh, Mal Thompson was the evangelist. He was a man of God. That's that's all I knew. He was, wow, he was the man of God. I was just a a, a young person in the Lord at that time. Uh, and, uh, And I helped him move. And I had a van, helped him move. And at the end of the day, um, he said, I haven't got much, but I've got one of these cedar trees in a pot. And at that stage, guys, I don't know, I'm probably 30 or something. I didn't give a toss about plants, gardening. Uh, but you know what? I just caught the bug of gardening. and I love gardening now. It's weird. But, but back then, let's go back there. He, he said, I can give you one of these. And he said it with, with excitement and with faith. And I'm going, I don't want the plant. It's okay. I just did that. I've kind just shared it out of my heart and it's all good. He says, no, I want to give you one of these Australian cedar trees. And it was about yay high. I get it home. I said to Julie, Mel gave me this plant, this cedar tree. I don't know what to do with it. Well, you know, I've got a 70 meter long yard down to the river. How dumb am I at? And... Um, Julie says, well, you need to plant it. I said, oh, I guess so. I'm looking down the backyard, all this space. And I'm going, oh, well, I want it away from the, the house. I don't want it near the house in case it does grow. So I pushed it. I walked it down, walked it down. And, yeah, I'll just plonk it there, dig a hole, put it in, whatever. You know. Well, today, that tree is as, you know, nearly as tall as that, that apex there. And uh, it's taken over the whole yard. And it's probably worth a fortune because it's Australian cedar. And uh, so I got triggered with that thought. But Rick and his son Luke 
recommitted their life, or Luke, his son, first time uh, commitment to the Lord, and Rick, uh, he's been out of God, out of church for 20 odd years, recommitted his life yesterday. Give him, give him a hand, guys. Give him a hand. Awesome, guys. And Mel sent you. Mal sent you. 30 years. So, it's a great story. Let me just say this. Seeds faithfully sown in these past seasons are going to bud and bear fruit. I declare it. The seeds that you have sown, tithes and offerings, commitments you've made, miracle offerings. I declare that through past seasons, that which you've, that which you've sown will bear fruit. Um, there, at the moment, I really do believe this, there is such a call to trust God and draw a line in the sand for this, meaning this, the church and its position of purpose, authority and destiny in the land. And I know this to be true. God is releasing fresh faith for a future and a hope in and through his church. Rick and Luke, I really do pray that you'd get faith for life to live by. When it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, walk by faith, not by natural sight. Sir, I pray and your son that your eyes would be opened to see the incomparable glory of God, as it says in Ephesians, that comes towards you. It's in actual fact the kingdom of his joy, peace and righteousness that surround you. You may not see it through the circumstance of life. I know you've got a court case and stuff, but I pray this, that the eyes would open, your eyes would open, and you would see the goodness of God as we sang in the land of the living. What's the land of the living? It's where people worship God. Amen. Psalm 16. It's where people worship God. That's the land of the living. God is releasing, I'll say it again, fresh faith for a future and a hope in and through this church, and our, which is our main theme, Jeremiah, and I need to get there. Let me pray this first. May your spiritual vision be enhanced so that you can see further and clearer than ever before. May you perceive with the eyes of faith the impossible will becoming possible, strongholds coming down, the kingdom of God being released, and doors of favor opening before you in Jesus' name. And this is for someone. The Lord spoke to me about this and said, with God, a delay is not permanent. It is a step along the way to the fulfillment of his prophetic promise. Don't give up. Don't give up. Your father is still at work. You just need a persevering spirit. This is what I know to be true. We're living in a different day. We're living in a new season, uncharted territory. It's a new season and it's begun for the church and it's begun for you and I. It's a new season and we need new strategy to accomplish the plans and purposes of God in the earth. I play golf with someone, a 68-year-old guy, and he teaches me how to play golf, but he constantly reminisces about the glorious day when he could hit a great ball, you know, 200 140 meters, but now he's 68, he tells me, I can't stretch, I can't do that, but I still enjoy the game, I'm going great, but he's told me that story once, twice, three times, four, and we've got to be careful of this, that with an overcoming spirit, we need to harness fresh impetus and a download from heaven and declare the, the perspective 
for our future days in the now, not the yesterday. Amen? And I'm, I'm just saying this to some people. We need to know that it's a new season now. I just need to nail this a little bit because there's a bunch of people that need to hear it that will be watching this. I believe that right now we need an overcoming spirit. We are indeed in a new season. And I believe this, a life founded upon the fear of God, abiding in intimate place of knowing God and walking from a victorious perspective. That means through the storms, through the storms, the tribulations of life, um, we, we, we just need to know God. Our C3 testimony as vision builders, as you may know, is learning the Word of God, is to believe it and speak the Word of God by faith. That is our testimony. Using the authority of Jesus because He said, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, I'm giving you authority to go, it's called the go of the gospel, to go and advance the kingdom. Who believes that? And in actual fact, he says, I'm giving you the keys to unlock your world, unlock your destiny, and whatever you bind shall be bind, and whatever you loose will be loosed. And that is the story of our church. And we've spoken prophetically by prayer and declarations into that, that, that realm. Uh, we need to learn to continue how to pray powerfully and we need to endure and we need to walk by faith. Now, before I go on, it's very important to know this. We are in a new season. Isaiah 43 verse 18, the prophet declares this, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. I need to just stop there, a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. We're living in new days. We're living in a day where there is a fresh, a fresh impetus from heaven, a fresh a persuasion of God's word, God's spirit, and God's anointing and God's glory that is lapping up on the shore of God's people, but upon the church. And the, the Lord would say, the Lord would say, don't ponder even on the good days. Don't, don't say, oh, Man, in the, in the days of, uh, in the past, wow, look what all God has done in this church. No, we need to get fresh strategy and a fresh understanding of what God has for us in the future. Otherwise, we're just going to be singing glory days, amen? We're just going to be singing about the days that we used to have. Behold, I will do a new thing. And this was a powerful statement for um, God's people who were going to be taken into captivity by the Babylonians. And we're talking about the 6th century BC and them being taken off into captivity. And, but they were later able to reflect that what God had said through that prophetic declaration. Don't think about what the temple, because the Babylonians tore down the temple. And then in Ezra it says, But many of the priests and Levites and the fathers, old men, had seen the first temple, who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of the temple was laid. They're saying, This is not as good as it used to be. Yet many shouted aloud for joy. There was another crowd that said, No, it's going to be fine. We can feel what God, and there's another whole generation out there that's saying, It's going to be fine. We're going to get through this. We've gotten through COVID and we're going to get back to what God has for us. So I believe this, Joel 2.25 says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. And I believe God is outside of this world. He's outside of our timeline. 
He is in eternity. And I believe this, that he can break through even into your past and heal your past. He can break through in those times where you've suffered defeat as a child, as an infant, as an adolescent, whatever. He's coming and he is doing that. You know that, some of you. God, who is outside time and you're submitting your life for the new, not for waxing lyrical about the old, but you want the new you want God to bless you in this new season. He's able to come because he, he is in your past. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. Jeremiah 32 verse 16 says, I pray to the Lord, Jeremiah says, I pray to the Lord to make sense of this, this instruction to buy a field, to, in, to be a vision builder, to invest in the church. And then it says, Jeremiah 32 verse 19, he realizes, well, Great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to the ways of all mankind. You reward each person according to their conduct and as their deeds deserve. And if you continue reading down to verse 27, it says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? See, years ago, we had people even coming to our church and then they'd find out, oh, they're doing building funds. We'd love to belong to your church, but we know you're going to do a building fund every year. Yeah, because God's called us to buy a field. Yeah, no, we didn't hear that. No, we're going we're to go to the church where they just ran a factory. Well, I can tell you right now, that church where they went to, where they were in a factory, that church is not there anymore because the landlord wanted his building back. But the Lord said to us, may... <laughs> In 2008, GFC, the Lord says, build the church now. Now, 2008, the GFC, global financial crisis. Now, borrow, borrow money, a million dollars, and build the church. Really, Lord? Build it now? Build it now. Five years is long enough in a tent. I'm moving you out. Not at the most convenient time, but at the time I suggest. And that rocked everyone. Well, it rocked us. But faithful people, they committed and they endured and they were faithful just like God is and we saw God do amazing things. The key to life, guys, is to stick it out. His promises come true. Just like Abraham, and I need to read this scripture, Hebrews 6, 13. Let's finish off with this. It's a fight for our promises. And I, and I salute the past ones. I have people now that ring me up that were part of this church. And, and this is fine. And they've realized what they were actually involved in. Maybe they were with us for 10 years, 15 years, maybe longer. But I, I've, I've had people ring me up sincerely saying, thank you for doing what you did. And now us having been part of it, seeing that it was all worth it and seeing now your church in glorious days, seeing it fulfilling glorious stuff, we, we're just so thankful. And basically the same, we didn't understand it at the time, the great sacrifice to buy a field, to build a church. What? In these days? What? Can't we do it easier? We're in captivity. We're locked down. We're isolated. Why, why should we? But at the end, it's people like us that need to remain faithful so that when 
God turns all things around for good to those that love him according to his purpose. Down the line, God can say, that church, C3 Tucker, now I'm going to facilitate a great work, even unto the nations. So right now, Garth and Jamie are in Dubai, spying out the land. We have a church in Nairobi. We have an outreach happening on the East Coast. It's ridiculous to believe that a small band of people have been able to do this. But God is faithful and it was his vision all the time. We just needed to believe in it. And you know what? God was always going to make this happen. Even despite the frailty of human nature and all the hiccups because this scripture proves it. Let's go to Hebrews 6.13, the message 6.13 to 18. When God made his promise to Abraham, when he made his promise to C3 Tugra, he backed it to the hilt. Putting his own reputation on the line, he said, I promise that I will bless you with everything I have. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. When people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them so that if there is any question that they'll make good on their promise. The authority will back them up. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word. A rock-solid guarantee. God can't break his word, and because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. We who, we who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline, reaching past all appearances, right to the very presence of God, where Jesus, running on ahead of us, has taken up his permanent post as high priest for us in the order of Melchizedek. And we can say amen to that. Father, I thank you for the persevering spirit that you've given this church. Thank you that it's an overcoming spirit. Lord, we want to run towards the prize. Yeah, you can come and, Lord, help us continue to be persistent even when the times are the contrary. God says that even though there will be times of stress, disappointment and pressure, the vision will come to pass. God's nature is faithfulness and steadfastness. Let's all stand, God bless you. Now, faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things. Hopeful, divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained 
divine approval. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's prepared you for good works. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us let us. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you not know that those who run in a race run, but who, but there is one who receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do not uh, obtain a perishable crown, but we are for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And lastly, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Lord, you've spoken to us. Your word is true. Lord, we are sustained by your word. Lord, would you lead us and carry us on? Would you continue to speak blessing and prosperity over our life and our future? The Holy Spirit has given us a plan, a future, by inspiration, opening our eyes and giving us imaginations of a preferred future for our family, our children, our loved ones. I believe in my heart the Lord will sustain us by His Word and by His promises. I believe in my heart that the Lord will provide, that He is Jehovah Jireh. And I believe everything that you sow, He sees it, He takes note, and He attributes it to you as faith. And a harvest of righteousness will come forth in your life, even unto your generations. For that which you have given, you have proven God, and you have even tested God, that in your giving, the devourer has been rebuked. Your crops will not drop to the ground and be squandered. You will receive a veritable harvest from that which you have sown in the kingdom. I see a a vineyard like in Tuscany, Italy, of people that have sown so generously. I see grape vineyard and I see glistening grapes. I see the sunshine coming over the hill in the morning. It's, It's a dawning of a new season, a new day. And I see you standing on a hill and you looking out over the vast vista of a vineyard that you thought, my Lord, who belongs to this? You belong to it. You sowed it. You gave to it. Now receive your reward. Now receive the harvest that belongs unto you. God shall not be mocked. 
he shall not be mocked. That which you have given unto him, he shall give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, runneth over. That which you have measured out, it will be measured back to you, pressed down, shaken together. The tithe belongs unto the Lord. It's inscribed on your heart. It's not proven by the intellect of man. It's something that was given to you as a divine seal upon your heart. The tithe is for the upkeep of the church and for the gospel to be propagated across the earth. It's, a, it's no arguments. Because it's when the arguments proceed that the waters become murky and the controversies dislodge the conviction of your mind and spirit that Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. And for the reward of his suffering, there's a great harvest coming through the church and through the gospel. And that which you have sown through the church and the gospel and unto Jesus, it shall prove fruitful. And the good work shall continue on until the end of days. Because the Lord shall not be mocked. So Father, right now, we commit vision builders to you. We commit generous hearts to you. We, we pray people to become unstuck in giving and worshiping and aspiring to a future and a hope. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah, Beloved, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. And that was spoken while they were in captivity in Babylon. Could you imagine? So friends, the Lord says to you, buy a field. Invest in the church. Give unto the Lord like you've never given before because the Redeemer is coming back one day and He is going to secure your, your inheritance. Physically, spiritually, Jesus' name. Let's lift that music. Father, we thank You. Thank You, Lord.